you know who doesn't need programmatic ads? Our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Our sponsor today is Kesda. <laughs> Welcome to GCP Life, episode number 36, for Friday, the 24th of March, 2023. GCP Life is sponsored by Kazna. At Kazna, we make your Google Cloud solutions possible. And I'm your host, Stephen Bancroft. On today's show, who is the fastest growing cloud vendor? What does the US government want to do with your cloud? Get set for round two. And oh my gosh, what a fortnight in AI. We bring you up to date with all the latest in the AI wars. But before we get to any of that, I want to introduce the co-host of the show, Dave Wall. How you going, Dave? I'm doing great, mate. Yeah, that's done excellent. for the week. Yeah, well, it's nice for some of us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, nice no, for I'm some Just of very us. happy to be here. Yeah, I know. We've had a hectic week, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to squeeze this show in. Have to get it going. But um, yeah, I don't know. What, what have you been up to in Tech Adventures? Ooh, Tech Adventures. Yeah, doing anything outside of all the hubbub and stuff we have to do for work. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I, I don't think I've had the bandwidth, right? I've been, I've been yeah. doing so, so much uh, in hours stuff and, uh, you know, kind of like late night work on... Uh, you know, projects that we're on at the moment, so uh, I haven't had too much in the way of, of outside tech adventures to deal with. I mean, I've got I got another three D printer coming, but you know, oh, that's <laughs> good. That. Yeah, um, that's about it. Yeah. Well, oh, um, actually, no. <laughs> oh, oh, you do have one for me. No, I, I do have one little one because I, thinking about three D printing just did just res- remind me of something. Over the weekend, one of one of my printers was broken. Mm. I was running into a prob- whole bunch of different problems printing it. I was getting frustrated. I ordered like a whole bunch of spare parts, burned through like one a couple of my spare parts trying to fix it, like broke the hot end because I was shorting out the wiring on it. It was just, just bad. I was just like, what is yeah. going on here? Why? I, like I'm tearing this thing down. I really cannot fix it. And then I just felt like someone just vaguely mentioned, oh, I replaced this one part. I printed a slightly modified part for my printer and it fixed this problem. Um, so nice. I was like, oh, well, you know, let's give it a go. <laughs> it's like a, it's half an hour of printing. It's like 25 cents worth of filament. Fixed yep. it immediately. Yeah, I, I burned go. through like $300 in parts trying to fix this thing. Wow. <laughs> and it was this one, like a tiny, like thing like an inch by an inch plastic piece that I was able to print myself. It fixed it for oh. me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad it's fixed. I'm just glad it's fixed. Yeah. 3D printers. That's great when they can print parts to fix themselves. Yeah. Well, thankfully, yeah. thankfully I've got a couple so I can, you know, use them to cross repair each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Well, what would you do? Well, I know if I had one and it broke, I'd be like, Dave, can you print yeah. this for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no idea. Remind, well, th- this that's funny that you say that because I was, I've been playing with uh, some stuff for the kids. I, one, one of my kids' Android devices broke. Ooh. Well, specifically what happened, the, the charger port, that's just the plastic inside oh, okay. disintegrated yeah. and you can't charge it anymore. So it's all over Red Rover for that, that device. And it was old anyway. So... Um, I uh, I had there's an old iPad that we had floating around. So I right, okay, I'll reset that, set that up for her anyway. Anyway, it's an old Gen Four. It's an old 32-bit model because you can't install install any apps on it. It's got a really old version of the OS on it. 
and I ended up in uh, in sort of a in in password purgatory because I I couldn't create a family account and I didn't have new we're not an Apple house right yeah, this, this is the yeah. thing and a lot of the documentation was saying well just go to your new Apple device and do blah 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 I'm going well I don't have a new Apple device yeah. so I've only got this old, really old one and some really old Apple laptop and say like, yeah okay we're going to give up on that idea. And I thought, yeah. oh, I wonder if someone's got a hack to put Android on an, on an iPad. Yeah. Uh, not quite. There's, there's, a, there's a project called Sandcastle where they're working on putting Android on iPhones, older model iPhones. Okay, right. But not iPads. Haven't quite got there yet. Um, because it's an old one. You could probably jailbreak it pretty easily now. But mm. um, yeah, so it's just, it's just sitting here and it's doing nothing. Like it's being blanked off and you can't really install anything on it. So, yeah, anyway, I ended up digging out an, a really old Android tablet, and I've just given that to her. But this is the thing. You don't realize, like, she's, she's getting into music now. She's, like, 12. And so she wanted Spotify. She's got her playlist on Spotify. I was like, okay, all right, Spotify installed. Fantastic. Um, she's got a Fitbit, just a kid's Fitbit, right? So mm-hmm. you need to sync that up with an Android device. And you could charge it and use it, but for whatever reason, the time had gone wrong. And the only yeah, way to right. change it is just sync it up. So, well, it's pointless. Without having the time correct, it's kind of pointless. So, couldn't use that. Uh, the other thing, Spriggy. Yep. For whatever reason, you need to have a minimum version of Android to run Spriggy. Um, right? Yep. And so, Spriggy won't install on that Android device. So, we're at a point now where it's like... Might be new device time. Well, it's new device time, I know. But it's like the kids... If you want to, if they want to participate in the in the world, they have to have these things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Really cut yeah. off, otherwise. Yeah, like a watch doesn't work without. No. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, oh, and the other thing was kids messenger, right? So that's her communication. Oh, yeah. now. Yep. You know, when you and I were growing up, we just pick up the phone. But there's no household phone. We don't even have a household phone. We're all no. on mobiles. Kids messenger is the only thing she yeah. uses. So. Without a device, no kids messenger, can't even talk to a friend. So, she's got to have it, right? Yeah, I mean, like, at least when I was in high school, we still had, like, MSN, right? We, <laughs> we, we definitely, the, we used to tie up the phone lines a lot, but oh, at least totally. when you had MSN, it was With like, yeah, yeah. you ran, <laughs> ran home from school and you, like, who see who'd pop up online and who had the latest, like, song lyrics as their, you know, status message. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, the bad old days. <laughs> the bad old days. That's it. Uh, don't get me started on 300 board modems on Commodore 64s. <laughs> All the bad old days. They're signing into your bulletin boards. <laughs> That's it. Signing into your bulletin boards. They were the bad old days. Um, yeah, outside of that, uh, just getting ready for this trip. And uh, I played around a little bit with uh, Stanford University's Alpaca 7B language model. Oh, okay. What's so special uh, about that? Well, we'll get onto that later in the show when we uh, get to the AI wars. But uh, yeah, it's it's quite nifty. You can you can roll your own uh, LLM. So oh, very um, nice. Yeah, it's very nice. I was going to say, like, just before this podcast, I got a uh, I got an email from a brewery that's near me. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of like AI, right? So let me pull up their. Uh, thing all right okay unleash the machines they have an ai generated ipa <laughs> and so A-I-P. yeah they <laughs> the brewers uh use chat gpt to come up with the uh, the recipe and the blurb for it 
And uh, yeah, so they've made their first uh, AI crafted beer. Obviously, the brewers had to actually do the work themselves, but the recipe itself uh, was AI generated. And uh, and the email that they used to send out to you know everyone on their mail list is got the um, it was it was written by ChatGPT as well. So oh, yeah. Yeah, so the beer is the Machine Mind, a coloured brew that patches <laughs> packs a punch with hoppy flavours of pineapple, grapefruit, and citrus rind, with just a hint of bread, which, you know, it's yeast, right? It's, <laughs> it's going right. to be bready. Yeah, it's going to be bready. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, well, that uh, didn't take them long. It did not take AI them long. Yeah. How long before we see other food stuffs hit the yeah. shelves? <laughs> <laughs> Give me some AI crumpets. <laughs> <laughs> AI wine. I'm waiting, waiting to hear about some AI wine. <laughs> anyway, let's get on with the community news. All right, we've got a few community events coming up. Um, mentioned this last week, but first cab off the rank is 30th of March uh, in the Kasna office in Sydney is the Kasna sponsored GDG. Uh, Google Developer Group. Um, everyone be welcome to come along with that. You have to go to the meetup, uh, accept the invite uh, in the meetup in, in meetup.com. And I, I'm assuming they'll have the lift open to get to that level um, and just come up and there'll be some signs and the concierge can come up to the level and then uh, they can buzz you in at the door. Uh, there's awesome. a buzz there at the door. So, yeah, that'll be open to the public. Uh, it's a Google, um, obviously, Google Developer Night. So, um, Kasner, sponsored by Kasner. So, we're putting on the food and the drinks and everything like that. Um, mentioned before, I am going to go to that. Uh, you'll see me in our GCP Life swag. And uh, I might jump up and, <laughs> Representing, and do, a little, dude. Yeah, do a little bit, uh, talk about GCP Life and whatever's going on. I'm sure Dee will be keen for me to do that. Um, also, on the 27th of April, um, we have... A Kaz- once again, a Kazna-sponsored GDG event in Brisbane, this time at the Kazma. Uh, actually, you need to go to the meetup to find out exactly where that is. Uh, but we have uh, JK Gunick, um, who is actually a good friend of Ian Brown, who's a friend of the show, uh, who will be talking about serverless React and Go API. Oh, very nice. Mm. So if that's your that's your thing, then uh, that might be a, bit of, a little bit of a, I know, for, for us at the moment, we're all about networking and infrastructure. Yeah. <laughs> make a nice change to talk about something that wasn't that. Completely different, nice palette <laughs> yeah. cleanse, yeah. Nice palette uh, cleanse, yeah. Side note, maybe we should yeah. just rename this uh, this segment to just like, what's Ian Brown up to now? Like, it's just... <laughs> 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 yeah, and he, him and D are just prolific at Aren't they? <laughs> Aren't events. They? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, oh, I've given this to you out, in, out of chronological order, but this one just landed on my desk. Uh, it looks like the 13th of April, um, another Kazna-sponsored GDG event at Sydney. Um, don't have any more details on that one at the moment, but that looks like what's going to go ahead. Awesome. And that's all from the community news. Let's move on with the news items. A couple of quick ones here off the top of the rank. Um, VMware. We've talked about VMware before. VMware and Broadcom. I've, I've heard of it, yes. Yeah, yeah. Bro- <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Broadcom bought VMware. and uh, well, They're trying to. They're trying to, and EU doesn't like it. 
Yeah, the uh, I mean the antitrust uh, investigations from multiple markets is mm. is taking I think a bit longer than they would have hoped. Yeah, uh, in an article here, which is actually from uh, Finance Yahoo, um, from Brussels, EU antitrust regulators have extended their decision on U.S. chipmaker Broadcom's proposed sixty-one billion dollar takeover of over of cloud computing company VMware. Ooh, okay, got them on a technicality there. I wouldn't call them a cloud computing company, but anyway, <laughs> by, by extended it by two weeks to June 21, the European Commission has said on Tuesday. Um, yeah, dragging their heels. I don't know. Is that, what, does, it, does that send any sort of signal? There is a note there that the commission is expected to warn Broadcom about potential anti-competitive effects of the proposed deal in the coming weeks. So there must be something coming through. Mm. Maybe they just want a bit more time to, to lock it down. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know how this is going to play out, but it wouldn't surprise me to see them, um, you know, maybe they'll want Broadcom to divest of a few things to be able to take on this. Yep. If there's yep. too much of a consolidation going on. Yep. Especially well, given the the massive entrenched footprint of VMware. Like it's in, it's in almost every company. Oh, I know. It gives them it gives them fingers in every, every, like a lot of pies, doesn't it? Yeah. Suddenly they're everywhere. But how I mean, maybe they'll be asked to fragment it somehow. Could do. Or yeah. segment it. Yeah. How would you do that? Oh, they've got so many products, don't they? So they could sort of split up their, you know, on a product yeah. basis. Usually yeah. that's what's going on with the, the kind of antitrust guys is they they just want to see that there's still competition in the market. So, you know, if you've got too much control, you're going to have too much of the market share. Um, they might say, no, you've got you've got two or three products that make up the lion's share of the environment. If you take on this product as well, then that's not going to be good for competition. So you might need to divest something else to be able mm. to take this on. Or it might even be they might need to divest parts of VMware. It might be you can have, I don't know, hypervisors, but you can't have, uh, I don't know, Tanzu. <laughs> right. No one, no one wants Tanzu, Dave. <laughs> I'll give you twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so 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 sort of split it up a little bit to to sort of make put insert competition in sort of the componentry yeah, of, the, of the yeah yeah yeah. All right, well we'll keep an eye on that one. See how that goes. But another little quick one that's uh, that came across here was uh, an article from um, this this just got pinged on me. It's, it's Becker's hospital review, but like this is this is a kind of I wanted to highlight this because this is the kind of reach that these cloud companies have now, right? This is like some random hospital company that's like got an interest in cloud, right? And they've posted this article, right? Now the good thing about this, it's like a handful of lines, um, and it just gets to the numbers straight away, right? So they're saying Oracle SAP and Google Cloud held onto their top spots as the world's fastest growing cloud providers. Right, and the numbers are Oracle forty three percent. That surprises me. Right. SAP thirty three percent, Google Cloud thirty two percent, more or less on par. Uh, Microsoft ServiceNow Workday twenty two percent. Now I don't know when they took these numbers. Oh, March, well the article's from March ten, but we're going to see a bump in that. If this was taken Might have been in the Q four numbers, maybe? could have been the Q four numbers. Yeah, if before this AI hubbub. hubbub came along. Yeah. Uh, AWS twenty percent. Okay, that's you know, that they've sort of reached a saturation point. Uh, 
uh, and Salesforce fourteen percent. So that's actually interesting. I um, I, so I've gone to the uh, the acceleration economy article that this one links to. to oh go yeah, and have a look at the the deeper data because I figured there had to be a little bit more evidence behind it. And yeah, so Oracle's growth now surely that can't just be Oracle Cloud, but their revenue yeah, so it went up forty three percent to three point eight billion over. Versus seven point three billion for Google Cloud, um, but I want Oracle. Oracle as an org would be more than three point eight billion. So maybe oh, you it's just so. Oracle Cloud. Yeah. yeah, you think so? Yeah, which is still pretty high. Like it's it's half GCP's numbers. Like <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is the thing when you yeah yeah you know, when you're small the smaller you are the more space you've got to grow right. Yep. So their their revenue is. Effectively, half of Google Cloud, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but you look at look at the revenue of Microsoft. Twenty seven billion. <laughs> it dwarfs the other <laughs> providers, <laughs> oh, yeah. right? I look at the ones that are tied in in this same list, right? So they had yeah, Microsoft, ServiceNow, and Workday all tied as twenty two percent growth. But <laughs> Microsoft was twenty seven billion. ServiceNow was one one point eight six billion. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's uh, going. I mean, ServiceNow is pretty expensive, <laughs> so one point eight six billion. I feel like they could probably they can stretch those numbers up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I know that's a good. They could uh, you know make their <laughs> put their fees up, put their fees up a little bit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't pay it, so go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, even so, Microsoft and AWS. 22% growth with Microsoft at $27 billion. AWS, 20% growth at $41, uh, sorry, $21 billion. Even Stevens there, really. I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of level pegging. Um, but once again, that growth from Google Cloud at 32%, that's got to be re- reflective of the, f- the fact that they're, you know, just out of the three, they're, they're the, uh, the underdogs there. So big numbers and go... Uh, everyone can come and get their their Oracle databases hosted on Oracle. <laughs> Don't put anything else in there. That's pretty much all you need <laughs> <Yeah>. it for. <laughs> get Larry another yacht. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, let's move on to this next item. Um, this item piqued my interest. So this is um, Biden ad- admins cloud security problem. It could take down the internet like a stack of dominoes. So, what the US is proposing to do, uh, and this is quite a lengthy article, I I don't profess to have uh, digested every uh, nuance of this article, but um, what they're proposing to do is uh, introduce regulations around uh, security, the security um, implementation in cloud vendors. Yeah, which, which like makes sense, right? I think that this, and you're right, this is a super detailed article by Politico, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, like it does make sense if you like think of how big AWS, Microsoft, GCP are. They are big targets. Yep, and we and the thing is, up to now, uh, that there's something that is pointed out in this article is they've not been very transparent about. Uh, what they are implementing to provide this security, right? It's because 
they've only been sort of going after the small play, like only sort of smaller enterprises and small players have been using consuming cloud uh, resources, and the cloud provider just say, "Don't worry about it; it's all good." Right, but there've been a few breaches. Right now, admittedly, those breaches usually aren't the fault of the cloud provider. Yes, yeah, usually it's been the in user space on top. In user space, misconfigured buckets or exposed keys or something like that. Um, but what the US government would like cloud providers to do, especially since now they're going to start moving into uh, large enterprise and government sector, right? Which we're slowly we're seeing that now start to happen. They want cloud providers to be more transparent about the security that they're providing and give tool, uh, you know, a tool set to, so that can be interrogated. I mean, I think this is, uh, this is a better set of policies, no matter, like, you know, obviously it has to be vetted out and then how do you implement and Mm. stuff, but it makes more sense than what we were seeing from it. Like from Australia, it was like, well, it all has to be hosted in the country. That's the way to have it secure. Yeah. (laughs) Physically. No, you're right. You're right. That didn't make sense, but this could. It, it is a much better approach. Yeah, you're right. It's a much better approach. Take, take a quote from the article here. Uh, the cloud has become essential to our daily lives. Well, we know that. Uh, Canberra Walden, the acting national cyber director, said in an interview, if it is disrupted, it could create large potential catastrophic disruptions to our economy and to our government. Yeah, well, and like telecommunications providers are regulated. Um, yep. Power companies are regulated. Yep. Yeah. Same sort of thing. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, and we've 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 seen the impact of this, right? I mean, you get you get one push to a repo for Cloudflare, and look what happens, right? The whole, yeah, you know, keys, server side encryption keys are exposed, <laughs> uh, and you know, everyone has at it. Um, and and the AWS outages that have happened, mm-hmm. um, take the entire eastern seaboard offline. Yeah, because it'll be <laughs> like, yeah, the AWS components go, but then everyone else who relies on that as maybe not where their application is in their entirety, but some critical part of your application does use an AWS service, and yeah, it's a house of cards. Yeah, yeah. Um. One of the other things that they are concerned about as well is cyber criminal groups also regularly rent infrastructure from US cloud providers to steal data or extort companies. And that makes sense too, right? Especially, you know, a lot of people we do like the, you know, geo-offensing, right? You would say like, oh, don't accept any IP addresses from, you know, Russia or China. You know, you, you implement those real kind of, brute uh, policies, but it's very easy to just redirect your traffic around. And if that's like, okay, I spin up an instance on um, a digital ocean and then I VPN yeah. to it and then I pop out with a USIP address, off we go. Off we go, yeah. yeah. And you know they're, they're using stolen financial information and stolen credit cards to do this, so yeah. there's there's no paper trail back to them. Um. It's interesting, though, steps. like, if they're implementing, like, a full, like, KYC or, you know, know your customer um, approach, like, yep. if you were, you know, creating a bank account or something, maybe that'll be the way they want to go. 
It does make me a little bit antsy, though, about, like, how the cloud providers might then need to have, like, my passport photo and <laughs> given how many leaks we've had for that kind of information here recently. Uh, yeah. Aren't yeah. we trying to prevent that now? Aren't we trying to stop that? <laughs> so yeah. 100 points of ID. Well, that idea has been, you know, <laughs> yeah. thrown out the window. Um, among other steps, the Biden administration originally said it will require cloud providers to verify the identity of their users to prevent foreign hackers from renting space on the US cloud service. So, yeah, exactly how they're going to do that, we don't know. You know, maybe you could, you know, just spitballing here, and obviously that this is talking about America and not Australia, but, you know, Banky, if you use the new, um, you know, like, MyGov ID, and so this is the authentication feature that you can use for accessing like your tax returns and doing a whole bunch yep. of different things. Yep. But when you first get the app, um, it has like a kind of a basic uh, identity strength, you know, yep. uh, it sends you a text or whatever. And that's just, okay. So next time you're, uh, they, they use it to identify it says, okay, yes, it's a basic one. You click okay and you can get in. That's great. Yep. Um, but if you want to do more sensitive things, you need to increase the identity strength in the app. So, yep. you know, using Medicare you go to standard or yep. you go to standard or yep. um, I put a few like mine is set to strong yep. um, because to do, yep. to do a few things that are uh, well, just a few things you require at that level. It's like so they need to confirm that your ID is is strong enough. And then that way it's kind of it's just kept within this app. I wonder if that would be something that could be used like they could make that available to other companies. Like link your MyGov ID, right? So they federate to it, and then they mm. can you use that as your authorization. Yeah, yeah. Because then you know, like I trust the government to have my passport ID because it comes from the government. Government, right? yeah. Like that's, like, right. that's okay. Yeah. I'm not giving that uh-huh. to a third party. Uh-huh. If like if I can prove my identity with all of my government identification, driver's licenses, Medicare, all the things that yeah. come from them, like. They can get that any time. I'm not really concerned about that being leaked yeah. from them. Um, I would prefer to just, yeah, have that federated through Gov, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, it's a good idea. And I, I kind of thought that's where they were heading with it, but um, I don't think they're quite there yet. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it ends up being, hey, do you remember there was a- Oh, it was like 20 years ago. They were going to have like the Australia card. Oh, like it was yes. the identification. I guess that's where yep. we're at now. My gov ID is the Australia card. That's basically what it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the privacy advocates were up in arms, you know. Um, we can't go down, you know, American, because it's American social security system, right? You have your social security ID. It's effectively what it was. Um, yeah. We're going to know, the government's going to know all about you. Well, yep. Too bad. They already know or they already do. Anything they need to know, they already know it. Yeah. The police may know, not know what you're up to, but the ATO sure does. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, well, at least this is kind of, it's opt-in, right? Yes. But- in order to do stuff, you have to opt in. So- <laughs> yeah, if you want to be a functioning member of society, you got to opt in. <laughs> you got to opt in, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah so sidetracked good- a little bit there, but no, no, no. You're you're absolutely right. It it it, 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 it shoehorn it, it sort of dovetails into the security talk. Yeah. Um, yeah, just moving on, uh, another quote from the article here, cloud services, services can take a lot of the security burden off end users. Yeah, true. 
by relieving them of difficult and time-consuming security practices, like applying patches and software updates, said Walden. Many small businesses and other customers simply lack the expertise and resources to protect their own data from increasingly adept hackers. Now, I wanted to point this out because what cloud services are enabling, they're an enabler. It's exactly what they are. They're, and they're enabling people that wouldn't normally have access to uh, these kind of tools. Uh, they're getting access to them, right? And, oh, yeah, it's great. Let's have a bucket. We'll just put all our, we'll put all our files in a bucket and then everyone can get in there and get them. That's great. But, yeah, like, you know oh, but, but, you know, Keith doesn't have an account and so he can't get to it. Like, oh, I'll just make it public. I'll make it open. Just make it public, yeah. and it stays like that forever. And they're they're not, you know, they they're not the people that are that are thinking about these things all the time. It's not their sort of purview to be security conscious. They've got their job to do. Yeah, and this is the situation we end up in. You get laymen doing this kind of work, and you have insecure environments. Um, they do make it very easy for you to do that, and like they're um. Yeah, yeah. I think having it yeah, okay. At least, like you know, now we have like buckets are, are private by default. You know, you have to kind of go out of your way to make them public. But yeah, I guess yeah, they definitely kind of need to keep that front and center for people. Like, hey, as you know, anybody on the internet can get this. <laughs> yeah. So you know that being its its greatest strength is also its greatest weakness. Yeah. Uh, it's very easy to get access to, but it's also really easy to stuff up. Right. Um, I guess another point they're making in this article is the fact that um, cloud vendors they don't they don't give you the full suite, right? So no. that they they'll give you enough to hang a carrot in front of you, and then if you want to, if you oh you oh you want the extra you want the feature that actually does the thing that you want, but you're gonna have to pay for that, yeah. right? Um, and they point out the SolarWinds hack, um. Attack um, where they uh, can't remember details now. They and they put an infection in in one of a zip file that got distributed or something. Yeah, and then, it was uh, through yeah. the RMM, which is like an MSP RMM, tool. Yeah. yeah, remote management. So uh, apparently, it's come out in the wash. If uh, if they'd paid Microsoft for the enhanced data logging features, they would have detected that. I mean, but they would have logged it whether or not they necessarily well, would have captured it. Well, I, I'm not familiar with what the enhanced data logger features are, but uh, possibly there's some sort of alerting on that. Um, so they give you just enough. Yeah, you know? like you can have just more, enough. but it's plus, plus, just, plus. Just enough rope to hang yourself with. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Um, and the other thing I found surprising is in the United States, we don't have a national regulator for cloud. That's fair enough. I don't think most companies don't. Most countries don't. We don't have a ministry for communication. That I found surprising. No, they uh, have like the FCC, I think. Right. Federal Communications Commission. Those Commission, guys. Right. Okay. I think that's like the guys who regulate the internet and frequencies and stuff, but I guess not compute. Yeah, and are they sort of embedded with the current 
government. No, I think, like so. a, I think they're kept at arms. I don't think you have like, like length, in, yeah. our, in the parliamentary system, you have like a minister in charge. A minister of, of communication. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. It's more like you're just having an appointee yeah, to right. the commission. Who, uh, I don't want to get political here, but our local member, Victor Dominello, um, <laughs> he's the guy. Friend of well, the pod. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, we've got to vote on Saturday. So New South Wales has to vote on Saturday. And he's retiring from politics and he's our local member. But he's the guy that basically drew, dr- drove Service New South Wales. So I don't know if you're aware of the Service New South Wales app. So it, it, it's like, was a game changer for dealing with uh, the New South Wales government. Um, you do all your registration, you do your, your any anything you need to do dealing with the government, you do most of it through the app now. Right. Yeah. We have, um, um, like I'm Victoria, so we have Service Victoria, right. uh, but so, I don't know where it was Service New South Wales, like the first one? First. Yeah, that's right. right. That's the point I was going to make. Service New South Wales was the first one, and then Victoria, and now- the, the gov ID that we talked about before, yep. that they're all taking um, the same sort of technology and driving is being driven down from what's happened, the experience with Service New South Wales. All thanks to Victor Dominello, he was the Minister of, of uh, Communications in New South Wales, but he's now retiring from politics. So, um, yeah, going to miss him, and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in that space without him around. Uh, but anyway, you've got I, me flicking through the Service Victoria <laughs> app now. I just have like a whole thing of like, um, like register your absence from residence. So if you're leaving your house for a period of time, apparently you can. You should yeah. just let the cops know. I didn't realize that yeah. that was a thing. They've added all these things. So your driver's license in there now. Um, white card, uh, COVID. Um, some, you know your COVID certificates in there. Um, if you want to sign into a club. You do it from the app as well mm. because registered clubs are. I mean, that was where we did all our COVID licenses. Do, like, yeah, COVID check-ins were done in there. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I can oh. register a party with the Party Safe program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to um, identification, you had to do the whole identification, jump through all the hoops to get the identification on on that app. Um, but that was before GovID was around, right. but. Um, if that was to be done again, and you, we hope we won't, won't need to do it again, but yeah, that's right. Let's let's hope the GovID app has an API yeah, and you just together. Yeah. yeah federate and go. Um, but no, you know what'll end up happening? It'll be like, oh, no, we can't sign you in because that's a a federal responsibility, and we're ah, in the states. Uh, <laughs> you end up with one of those situations. <laughs> A person's a person, right? It doesn't matter where they live, right? Yeah, <laughs> still- but uh, <laughs> governments only have so much purview. Yeah. All right, look, uh, there's a few other things I wanted to go through in there, but I think we, we spent a lot, enough time talking about that. Um, oh, one thing here, they, they, they did it. In, in 2017, they, they did do a, um, a study and they found uh, if any one of the three, this is 2017, mind you, uh, if any one of the three big cloud providers went out, completely out, for anywhere between three to six days, it would probably cost the country, this is the US, $15 billion. It actually seems kind of low. Well, like I said, it's 2017, oh, six I years know. ago. Yeah, so right. you could probably put a zero behind that yeah, now. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> at least $100 billion, I reckon. 
Yeah, so that was a little interesting that came out of that. All right, look, we've probably talked about that enough. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about Meta. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, talk meta. About meta, again. meta, meta, meta. Oh, job cuts. Uh, yeah, so they're gone for round two. Ding, ding. Yep. So on Tuesday, uh, it announced it would cut 10,000 jobs. It's on top of the, the 11 they've already done, right? Yep. Yep. Making it the first big tech company to announce a second round of mass layoffs uh, as the industry braces for deep economic downturn. But the stock market liked it. The shares jumped 6% on the news. <laughs> I suppose because it puts the revenue per employee up because their number's lower. Uh, okay, that's, yeah, right. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's an interesting graph that Reuters has there. Yeah, Q1 2022 is a drop, and then there's a sudden spike just going at, by the time you hit Q4. So they're predict, predicting... Um, well, they're saying tech companies have led the way, shedding more than 290,000 workers since the start of 2022. That's a lot of talent flooding back into the, uh, into the pool. That's right. Uh, most of them replaced with uh, chatbots. <laughs> <laughs> yes, potentially. It seems like they're cutting a lot that are outside, like they're cutting engineers, but it's a lot of the non-engineering roles. I mean, recruitment and HR are copying a massive, you know, stab at that. I guess if they're not recruiting as much, they don't need massive recruiting teams. Yeah, so they do say the, the widely anticipated job cuts are part of a restructuring that will see the company scrap hiring plans for 5,000 openings, kill off lower priority projects and flatten layers of middle management. Yeah, it's always the middle management that cops it, right? Yeah. We don't need all of them. Um, don't say anything about engineers in there, although they probably fall into this uh, killing off lower priority projects. Mm, potentially. Yep. Not the metaverse, though. Got to keep the metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, there was an interesting point, though, on this article um, where it was talking about the uh, you know the earlier cuts in February um, where – they were having their year of efficiency with, you know, cost controls and, and job cuts, but also a $40 billion share buyback. Right. right. Like. Trying to prop up their share price again. Yeah. Like, yes, it's yeah. going to put your share price up, but, you know, what are you doing with that money? That's just, you got cash on hand, you're buying the chairs back. That's all you Yeah. Doing. Where are you getting the $40 billion from? Yeah. yeah. Sh- shed 20,000 staff. Maybe that'll help. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> All right, the moment we've all been waiting for. Let's get on with the AI Wars. Oh, golly gee gosh, golly gee gosh, what a fortnight in AI. You know, I I went to, this is not the AI show, but it's becoming the AI (laughs) show. It's the the only thing that's happening Uh, right now. Yeah, it really is the only thing that's happening right now. It's job losses and AI, that's the two things. Welcome to to the machines. dystopian future. (laughs) I went looking for story articles uh, pretty much straight after our show the other week, and uh, there wasn't much. And then um, it must have been that night, which was like the day in the US, that uh, Google dropped the the big news about their generative AI. Um, but we'll, we'll go through we'll go through it. Um, 
I've been playing around with a few other AI things as well. Um, but I went through, and in the last fortnight, I made a little list here of what we've seen happen in the last fortnight. All right. Now, starting last Monday, um, so the show would have come out on Friday, uh, we had the weekend, and then on Monday, right, straight away, we've had Stanford University, uh, they launched um, an AI language model called Alpaca 7B. Now, Alpaca 7B, it's trained on f- it's 52,000 instructions. It's, a, it's a quite a lightweight model, and you can run it on your own computer. Uh, there's, there's a GitLab. I'll, I'll link the GitLab um, in the show notes. But you can just download the GitLab, and then there's a, a, um, a blob file, like a four-gig blob file that you've got mm-hmm. to download as well, and you get that. They give you a torrent link to download that. Um, and you just run this chat thing. Just chat. Okay, so, um, yeah, so this is it, Dave. So I just pulled this down from GitHub, mm-hmm. and uh, there's this, this uh, you know, uh, language model, four gig language model file, yep. and all I do is I just run chat, spins it up. That's it pulls the model in and... Pulls the model in, and then I have a chat window. Hello. Takes a second. Hello. Oh. Uh, um, are you a chatbot? No, I am not a chatbot, but an AI assistant. We can understand natural language and provide answers to questions. Mm. Mm. Okay. Hello. Yeah. So it's a chatbot in your uh, in <laughs> like an AI assistant in your computer. <laughs> That's kind of cool. And that. Uh, all right. So if I said something, what is Golf. I don't know why golf. Uh, oh, what? Okay. What golf? <laughs> what golf? Yeah. There we go. It's telling me what golf is. Golf is played in either nine or eighteen holes of various lengths in order for players. Seems to know all about golf. Um, so you can play it. Uh, all right. Tell me about the Commodore sixty four computer. Because once again, that's the first thing that just popped into my head. Commodore 64, C64, is an 8-bit home micro introduced in January of 1982 by Commodore International. <laughs> and one of the most popular computers during its time. Seems to know all about that as well. well. I, I, <laughs> like, how has it got all this random information? All right, do you, did you, have you done some checking and you knew that that was preceded in there? Or? No, no, I didn't. I just, 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 just popped into my head. So... Uh, this is a GitHub here. Um, run a fast chat GPT-like model locally on your device. The screencast below is not sped up and running on an M2 MacBook Air with four gig of weights. Build instructions for Mac, right? So um, this combines a Lambda foundational model with an open reproduction of Stanford Alpaca, a fine-tuning of the the base model to obey instructions akin to the RLHF used to train ChatGPT a set of modifications to llama.cpp to add a chat interface. That's amazing. That's it. It, it, was, it was as simple as a Git clone, and then I just had to do a build, like make, make yep. build. And get that and blob then, file. And get the blob file. That's it, done. I didn't have any build errors. You can run it on your phone, by the way. This is a screenshot of someone <laughs> running it on their phone. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. You're quite amazing, right? So- 
That was Monday, okay? okay <laughs> that was yeah. Monday. So that was the right. only interesting thing that happened in AI this week, right? That's the only interesting thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there, right? Yeah. Tuesday. Now, Tuesday was a big day, right? So Tuesday, Google announces um, generative AI inside workspace tools, right? That's a big thing. That's, that a, that's a big one. That's you know, a big one, right? It's going to be in your email. It's going to be in your we'll docs. We'll get into this a bit later. This is why, this is why AI interests us, right? Yeah. Google announced the next release of Palm AI. Uh, now, also on Tuesday, Anthropic, we know about Anthropic, they released Claude API, their version of a chatbot. Now, Claude is their chatbot, but it's only available by API, right? right? Um, so that could open it up for other organizations to resell it or whatever. GPT-4 lands. This is on Tuesday. No, All this happened on the same that, day. That wasn't your grandfather's chat, GPT. That wasn't your chat. <laughs> and Microsoft confirmed that Bing has been using chat GPT-4 for the last five weeks. So you've been using it all along. <laughs> Microsoft right. with the hipster move, like, oh, we've yeah. been using ChatGPT for for ages. That's right. <laughs> Before yeah. it was cool. <laughs> now I can't help think that Google have just really put the put the curry into this, and they've gone and they've had to announce this AI Definitely. workspace thing because they've got to get in right. They're they're missing the boat. That's absolutely really why they're scrambling. They were scrambling. Yeah. Now. That, oh, hold your breath, right? Because that was Tuesday, <laughs> right? Wednesday comes along, and Mid Journey. I don't know if you ever played with Mid Journey. That's the generative AI thing. It's a, it's a, you do it in, uh, in Discord. So it's a Discord server, and you put in your prompt, and then it generates an image for you. Well, they announced a thing called Mid Journey Magazine, and it's going to be an e magazine that's got uh, a collection of artwork that everyone has been generating, the best of. And they launched Mid Journey version five, so a whole new, whole new one, right? And the they announced that the API is coming soon. And oh, mate, the Mid Journey images—I don't have any ready here to go, Dave. But the Mid Journey images are stunning. Mid Journey right. five images, yeah, they are absolutely stunning. Uh, it does hands a lot better. I don't know if you've seen. Oh, the yeah, I've seen some of the hands, awful, like, awful yeah, hands like, things. They yeah. look like those. Uh, Oh, you ever seen Looks the, like the alien face huggers? Oh, have you seen the um? Oh, what are the the images that are made, especially like the biblically ac biblically accurate angels that are just like feathers and eyes, like millions oh, of eyes. Creepy. <laughs> yeah. oh. Right. So that was Wednesday. Okay. Um, Thursday. Microsoft had to get into the game here, right? Microsoft announces Office three sixty five Copilot. Now, they've made a big, big show and dance about, song and dance about this, and they've actually, I think, uh, they've given us a lot more details on what it's going to do compared to the uh, Workspaces toolset. Yeah, because, I again, it seemed like the Microsoft one, they were like, oh, again, this is our plan. We're going to release on this date. We've been working towards here. Yep. Whereas Google is like, what's almost ready for prime time? Okay, get it out there. Yeah, Google have been caught off guard, been caught with their pants down. There's there's no question about this. Like Microsoft had all this lined up, boom, 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 and now it's a scramble to try and catch up. It's unfortunate because Google have been working for so long with Vertex AI and all the rest of yeah, it. Amazing um, AI chops. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, yet mm, being first to market is, is, a big yeah, thing, is, right? is, is the big thing, right? Um. 
Now, there's a Chinese company called Baidu. Also on Thursday, they they announced their uh, chatbot, uh, which is called Ernie. Uh, I don't know much about this, but apparently they didn't do a a live demonstration of it. It was all like pre-canned and pre-sequenced and pre-cut video. So no one liked it, and their share price took a dive because of it. <laughs> like, yeah, nah, you're yeah. not you're not playing the game. Friday, let's get on the Friday. So that's four days so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Friday, Stable Diffusion they launch a new thing called Reimagine. So that's a uh, image generating tool. Uh, I've not really used it. It's made by that uh, was. Uh, reimagine, yeah. So, Stable Diffusion Reimagine. Stability AI is excited to announce the launch of Stable Diffusion Reimagine. Uh, we invite users to experiment with image and reimagine their designs through Stable Diffusion. So, you can take an image uh, and you can say, oh, I don't want this picture to be like those set of colors. I want it to be another set of colors. Or That's I don't really want cool. It- if you could yeah. go and like take photos of your house, you know, you're choosing paint. Yeah, right. You know the annoying thing. You get the little sample pot, and you paint like awful a little thing gross in the splotches everywhere around. <laughs> yeah, like just take some photos. And go, hmm, show it to me in uh, puce. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, in, like I'd-, I'd like a I'd like a winter color set, please. A winter palette, <laughs> yes. and boom, change it. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, feeling so autumnal kind- today. <laughs> And so on their website here, they've got examples of like um, fashion where they've got, you know, a photo of a woman's got a photo and she wants to do her hair different ways. So the AI just has a different haircut. Oh, nice. And it it looks superb. Absolutely superb. I can see what I would look like without uh, balding. So that was Friday. Now, Monday... Uh, we get a couple of days off. Oh, right? that's nice. So we uh, had the weekend on. Yeah, no, AIs don't yeah. work on Saturdays or Sunday. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's got now, an RDO. This is coming into this week, right, Monday. Uh, Runway Research launched Gen 2, which is a new text-to-video thing. Have you seen this? No, Gen I have 2? not seen it. I can't. Oh, it, it is off the hook, right? You, We're going to have to turn this from being like a podcast to being like a YouTube show so we can have video yeah. as well. <laughs> So I won't go into this too much now, but you can generate videos and it's just getting so good, like full high definition videos. Um, they're a bit framey at the moment and a bit sort of got a bit of an artistic vibe to them. But um, boy, if you if you look at the the, the, the rapid rate of image generation, how quickly that happened, it won't be long till you've got full, full video quality videos and you might be able to tell the difference. But that's what this Gen 2 does made by Runway Research. Jeez, I'm, I'm looking at the the website. That's yeah, that's bonkers. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So go and check that one out. Um, now we've still got a few more days to go. <laughs> Tuesday, Adobe launched a thing called Firefly. Have you seen this? Now this is um, generative AI, and. So what you've been able to do with Adobe for a while is um, they've got stock stock footage, mm-hmm. stock images you can buy as like an editor. Well, you don't need that anymore. You just prompt it and it creates the image for you with a prompt from AI. Nice. Now, now the cool thing about this is um, 
and then that chart here was in another video I had. Oh, yes, yeah, so you can see it here how it's like he's he's marked that area, it's identified like lighthouse, and then you can just change the lighthouse out like that, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And then they don't show it here, I don't think, but there's a uh, a bunch of switches down the side, and you can say, oh, I want this to be the season, like winter, summer, autumn, and it'll change the image, or I want it to be raining. You know, you can set the yeah. weather, or you can set, like, particular characteristics on that image. You just have, like, a drop-down and just flick it, and a boom, it changes it. Right, and then you can – and then another thing it does is it gives you another little select box. So you've got, like – it's got, like, six alternate images, so you can click on that pulls that one in and then it generates like the six next one so you can like keep steering your creative decisions to, towards where you want to go. Ah, oh, so right. clever. Adobe Firefly. Go and have a look at that one, yeah. Um, very, very clever. Now, to get this one, you need um, to have the Adobe um, – Oh, their their Adobe Suite mm -hmm. account. You got to yeah, yeah. you got to have the Adobe full Adobe, and you got to got to apply to join the beta. Uh, there was a time I had that when I was doing some video stuff, but I don't use it anymore. Um, otherwise, I'd be giving it a go because that looks fantastic. Now, the thing about Adobe Firefly that's different to the others um, is they're pulling images from their back catalog. They're using their, their data sets trained with their back catalog of images, right? Okay, yep. And they're going to credit. And pay the original image owners. Oh, that's if, cool. Yeah. So if if an AI image, if their image was used to generate an AI image, and then a sale is generated from that, uh, you know, a couple of cents goes towards the original oh, image owner. That's that's yeah. pretty revolutionary. Yeah, but they can do that because they've got the data set. Yeah. Right, and they know who owns all the images. So you could um, see, like, uh, I guess a Shutterstock or any of the other, like, stock image websites probably doing a similar thing. Yeah, so I did hear about Shutterstock. They are going to do a similar sort of thing. They're going to use something like ChatGPT4 because it's got uh, image generation in it now. Um, and they have said that they are actually going to – they're going to have data sets that have been generated on uh, publicly licensed images. Right, so you can choose to, to do a, to do an AI generation, yeah. But you know that the image, the source images, are public. Right. Okay. Right. So you're not using licensed images. So that gets around that whole licensing problem that we had. We talked about a few weeks ago. It's really maturing. It's great, and, and very very quickly as well. Now, that also on Tuesday, we had the GTC conference. Now this is this is. I haven't really dived into this yet, but this is NVIDIA's conference on AI. Um, and and the big news out of the GTC conference is that NVIDIA announced AI foundations, a thing called AI foundations. And, um, and what it is, is you can, you, you can get access to um, NVIDIA's AI generative systems via the cloud providers, Google, Zero, and Oracle. And then you can train your own language model based on that. Oh. Right, so this is a service that NVIDIA is going to provide mm -hmm. um, to get access to their, um, you know, you know their, their infrastructure yep. to train your models. Give them access via, to your data lake. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it'll be, it'll be like a, 
you know, another another API available in your cloud provider. But there's taxes, stacks of stuff that came out of that GTC conference, and uh, you know, we can't go into all here, all here, but go up and have a look um, at the keynote uh, that was given. I'll try and find a link for that and put it in the show notes. Uh, but that is going to be a very interesting um, thing of, that's available to the AI propundence in each of the cloud providers. Um, now, one of the other things that has also been launched, if if on Tuesday, <laughs> right, if you had access to uh, Bing Chat, which I do, um, you now will have access to generative AI image creation within Bing. So, yeah, it gives you another interface where I just said, create me an image of a spaceman walking on a moon cinematic. And Dave immediately pointed out that <laughs> the spaceman's walking on the moon and the moon is behind him in the skyline. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I suppose technically, it, you didn't specify that it was like our moon, like Luna. No, it right. could have been could, a moon with another moon. moon behind. <laughs> a moon it of a could, moon. <laughs> this could happen, yes. Um, but that was really easy to do. You know, just just get into the image creator. When you get into the chat, there's a, there's a button to go to image creator. And uh, it took a while, though, to create it. And I just left the window open, and it was the thing was spinning. It was saying, creating image, creating image. And I just left it and walked away. But then I checked my email a couple of hours later and said, your images are ready. Ooh, they have Ooh, been baked. in the email. <laughs> yeah, they have been baked. Ding. So that worked surprisingly well. It was probably a little bit easier to use than mid-journey. Um, I don't know. I haven't had a good look at these, what these images are like. But, I mean, they're not bad, you know. If I was writing a song and wanted to have a little image for something in Spotify, I'd probably do, you know? Um, yeah. Ask it to so play you know, recreate some uh, famous album covers. Like, give me the, uh, is it the Pink Floyd one that's the dude on fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wish you were here. Your image is being created by AI. Simple as that. Now, when I, like I said, when I did this before. Um, oh, I was wish you were here. Oh, I am great. <laughs> yeah, nice. Ah, <laughs> uh, they don't make album covers like that anymore. <laughs> Nobody makes you know, album covers at all. GPT no. now. <laughs> here we go. Um, yeah, okay. So it hasn't quite picked up on the Pink Floyd flaming guy, flaming guy <laughs> on fire. But, um, you yeah, know, it's cartoon style and it's someone sort of, it's got the sentiment of wish you were here. Yeah, uh, yeah, looks kind of cute. Uh, kind of cute, yeah. And then it keeps that in my recent history, right? I mean, these aren't the highest quality images, so like in terms of like number of pixels, one hundred two four by one hundred two four. So, you know, for social media, this kind of thing is just fine. Yeah. So there was that, um, and then finally on Tuesday, Google opens up Bard. Kind of limited. Kind of <laughs> opens it up a little bit. Now, now we've asked for access. I yeah. uh, haven't got it. Probably not going to get it. <laughs> uh, but Bard, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a bit, uh, from what I'm hearing, it's... <sighs> got some rough edges. Got some rough edges, and it suffers from hallucinations, <laughs> uh, and it's forgetful. So from what I hear, you'll, you'll be in a conversation, and you try to get you know, a, a stream of text, a stream of text going, and it just forgets where it's up to, and goes off on some tangent. 
I mean, I have that problem too. So yeah, all the time. <laughs> Bard has ADD. It's okay. <laughs> so yeah, Google is 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 treading really, really tenuously with that one. Um, now, but it's early days, t- right? I mean, it's rap- the whole market's rapidly evolving. So let's yeah. let's see where we're at in six months. Six months ago, we weren't talking about any of this. So. So yeah, just to, just to go back and focus on Google for a sec, um, the company introduced a generative AI capabilities to Google Cloud's Vertex AI platform. Uh, this is an article on uh, technology decides. I'll link in the show notes. Um, which is used to build and deploy machine learning models and AI applications to scale. We know about Vertex AI. Um, so that's one thing that they announced, and they also introduced AI-powered features in Google Workspace. Right, including the ability to instantly generate a draft on a selected topic such as welcome letter for new employees. Now, I don't know about the Google uh, integrated AI, but for the for for the Office 365 integrated AI, they've they've integrated their entire product suite. And it sounds I hate to say it, it sounds fantastic. <laughs> like, so if you were an organization and you trained your AI model on your internal data. Entire document stack. Like all your document stack, right? Suddenly you've got that's so useful, right? You you wanna you wanna create a solution architecture definition, right? Well, you've got a hundred solution architecture definitions that have been created before. Just spin me one up or spin me up a template and boom, there you go. You've got ninety percent of the document already done. You just gotta go back and fill in the, the details, right? Um, and it integrates with Teams. So, um, and I, I'm assuming Google will do the same and integrate with Calendar and and uh, what's it called this week? Groups or chat or I still don't. I still don't know what to call it. Meet? I still don't know what to call it. No, Meet? the other one. Uh, the other one, the chat one. Anyway, so think about that, right? You've got this assistant integrated with Teams that's sending you messages saying, "Oh, there was a meeting on that you missed." Um, it's done, you know, it's done text to speech and it's summarized. It says, you know, you know, Bob said he was going to do this and the guys would like you to do this. Okay. Easy. Done. <laughs> you know, yeah. Whoa, this is a, a good, whole new world. You know, I try to explain to my father-in-law because <laughs> oh, he's more or less retired now, right? I'm trying to say, you know, when we work now, it's completely different. Right, I don't even know the phone numbers of the peers that I work with. Right, it's it's all done in instant messaging and video conferencing, and he doesn't get it. He's like, "Well, don't you need to be in an office to see people?" He's like, "No, okay. <laughs> I don't have to do that." Um, this is the next level. This is the next thing. It's just going to completely transform the way we do things. To say I'm a little bit excited about it is an understatement. Uh, it's going to be a paradigm shift in tech. Yeah. That's for sure. Yep. Um, so that's Google. Um, I'll also link a sh- an article uh, on uh, Microsoft Copilot in Office 365. It does go into a lot of detail about what it actually can do. Yep. Um, and if we get even half those features in, in Google Workspace, it'll be very, very exciting. Um, but what Google is doing is offering uh, some bonuses for any startups in the AI space. Um, Google Cloud um, Google Cloud is expanding a financial opportunity. Uh, this is an article on Channel Futures. 
Google Cloud is expanding a financial opportunity, a variety of partners, as it pursues its generative AI ambitions. AI startups from seed to series A now may take advantage of Google for startup cloud programs. Here's what it entails. So you get credits. So you get $250,000 in cloud credits. Now, if you're thinking of using VMware, it's probably not going to go very far. <laughs> no, no one <laughs> But if you, if you, you want to use some cloud run, it's going to get you a long way. <laughs> going to get you a long way. Uh, TPUs, don't know. GPUs, they can be a bit expensive as well, but that's probably what you want. Um, but that that is two and a half times uh, the amount we typically offer startups. 250 grand US. Yeah, it'll go a long way. Uh, you're going to get free customer care and support. Now, that's a biggie as well. Um, Google Cloud now offers around-the-clock technical support as AI startups work with Google Cloud. And you'll get access to Google Cloud experts and community. That might be us, Dave. I think they're including us in that. Potentially, yes. <laughs> partners, partners, partners can access various Google Cloud managers, engineers, and networking events. Exciting stuff from Google there. They really want to up the ante. You know, I reckon if Microsoft weren't off- offering something like this as well, I'd be very, very surprised. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's what's coming from Google for that. Exciting stuff, Dave. Big time. Um, big, big time. Um, yeah. Go away and have a play with some of those things. I will. Yeah. And I think I've seen, um, I've been getting a notification in my like Fusion 360. I think AutoCAD has a few like generative design things going in there now. It actually costs like a whole bunch more to get access to that than what I'm willing to pay for. But yeah, um, certainly might help from a, you know, Time to design perspective. Yeah, well, if you, if you can use it to kick off sort of the the base of of the design, and then you just iterate on on it from there. Yeah, you know, or win, you know, you great. can do some things where you're like, hey, I have this design, but I need to make it uh, a little bit more friendly to being three D printed. Help me with that, or I'd like it to be a bit more lightweight. Mm. Give you some alternatives. Yep, exciting stuff. Well, we might leave it there. I think we've talked about AI and uh, the rest of it. I think we've just talked in general for long um, enough. <laughs> I'm exhausted after that list. When I was putting that list together, I I was just flabbergasted at what's happened in the last fortnight. But, you know, it ain't stopping. Nope. It ain't stopping. All right, guys, don't forget, go to iTunes, write the, a review for the show. It'll really help the show out. Uh, you can contact the show, gcplife at kazan.com. We've got the Twitter there, at gcplife. Uh, and if you Google us, you'll find the website as well. Um, and uh, I might go and plug the name of the show into a few AIs and see what it says about us. <laughs> Those guys. <laughs> and don't forget, today's show was sponsored by Kazna. At Kazna, we make your Google Cloud solutions possible. I think that's it from us. How about you, Dave? No, nope, that's it for me. That's it for me as well. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Some stopping, stopping, stopping. Hour and 15. <laughs> Underprepared show.